Technorama episode 694. Cyber turkeys are on the prowl. That almost sounds like the title of a song, doesn't it? I know. Psycho yeah, it killer. Like it's the, talking the head songs. Song cyber turkeys. <laughs> talking heads. Maybe. Cyber turkeys. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh gosh yeah you're just making thanksgiving more appealing we go <laughs> hey welcome to Techorama. this is the show that takes a light-hearted look at tech science sci-fi and all things geek if you're joining us for the first time welcome if you're coming back welcome back thanks for having us it's it's a totally free podcast and worth every penny I'm That's right. Chuck Tomasi from Phoenix, Arizona, and that other voice you hear if you're listening to audio, or that other face you see right over there if you're watching the video, is Mr. Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing well. I am doing really good. Good, good. We week. are. It's been a long week, I'll tell you that. We are inches... What do you mean? It's a short week. Well, no, recording this on Sunday. Been, it had been a long week. Last like week last was week. a long... Okay. Yes. Why? Because you actually... Now. I don't know what next week's going to be like. Well, I kind of do. But, was it a long week because you actually had to work five days? Yeah, that's it. Yes, it is. Uh, no, that was part of it. But yeah, it's been, yes, yeah, just a lot going on. A lot of wheels turning. Great grandpa step wouldn't give you any sympathy. I had to work seven days from sundown to sunup to sundown. Yeah. Old man yells at cloud. Uh. Yeah. And now this, <laughs> this old man across from me is yelling at the cloud, but he refers to a bunch of servers. That's right. <laughs> Not the same. He's yelling at other people's computers. Ah. <laughs> Not the same. Shall we do our feedback? We got some feedback this week. So we had yes. a question of the week, and we had some other stuff. So let's play that funky music, white boy. Letters, letters. Oh, we get letters. letters. We get letters. Your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Those letters. Still sounds like men and gay. Oh boy! I know. I, yeah, it's where it is. Okay. He haunts this house to this day. <laughs> well, he has a lot of his possessions still there. <laughs> Let's do. Yeah, probably. No, they're my possessions now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. We asked a question of the week last week. We asked. What is your favorite desktop or mobile app? We got a couple on the Technorama page. One from Steve London, who said he also got his T-shirt. He sent a picture. He got his he got his patron T-shirt. Oh, he did. Yep. I missed that. Made it to Sweden. Uh, he said, apart from Chrome or Edge, depending on the current customer, the one app I can't be without is Notepad Plus Plus with a few plugins. Oh, yeah, and Spotify. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Notepad Plus Plus is actually really good. I've used it for a long time. As a quick editor, um, I actually did a lot. Of, I did do a lot of programming to it, uh, programming with it, um, until um, I started liking VS Code a little bit better for deep dives in the coding. Yep, yep. I gotta say, Visual Studio Code is is my go to. 
Uh, visual editor. I still use VI if I just need to smack out or throw. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's there's a yeah, few things you know, in VI that I can do. You know, with the what is it? Mm-hmm. Question mark colon. You know, and do a whole bunch of stuff to it. It's like run this through grip, will you? I love VI. Uh, actually, I got I got so into it. I, I I invested some time in learning all the 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 key commands I needed to know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was doing really well, and I got so into it, like I would be using Notepad plus plus. You hit J J J J. Calling Q, uh, <laughs> trying to write, calling W. I'm like, what? No. Smack that work. escape key one more time. That's right. He said Spotify and Postman is helpful as well, but not necessary. Uh, Mike Robinson says Firefox and Spider Solitaire. Interesting. Okay. Let's go to our shares. I shared once, you shared twice for some reason. I'm not sure what happened there. I got overzealous. Oh, wait a minute. We have, wait, when I went to people who shared this. Oh, I see. You, those are your comments on yours. Okay. You, yeah. you look at yours. I'll look at mine. All uh, right. So. Go ahead. Uh, some uh, um, old school buddy, uh, CJ Lamb says, Google Maps. I agree. It's, it's not cutting edge for 2022. Maybe a little bit. But as a salesman, it's the most used app ever. Prior to 2009, I was mostly MapQuest. Uh, remembering to print those things out? I know, a lot of people did. Uh, Google Maps has been around a long time. Uh, he's talking about printing out the Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people did that. Yeah, I, I actually use it all the time. And I, as I mentioned, I replied to him and I Me said... Too. Um, I use it all the time, even when I go between, uh, like to my mountain house or even places I know how to go to, because I, you get traffic information, mm-hmm. you get, uh, I get an ETA and all that. So, you know, it's, it's good. It's good to have running anyway. It's and right there on the Android auto. It's right in the screen. So I also like to use it to put pins on the map where I've been. So mm-hmm. if I need to go there again, I'll remember. It's like, have we been this to this restaurant or not? Yes, yes. There's yeah. a flag on the restaurant. And yep. places I'd like to go to. So as I'm watching TV and they talk about this British castle or something, I'll put mm-hmm. a green flag on there for want to go. And then I'll put a little note in there. That says, I watched this on such and such a show. And they talked about King What's-His-Name getting beheaded. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get a little facts behind it. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I started doing that. Uh, to to some degree, I, I don't do it all the time, but I do it when I think about it. I go, oh yeah, I'm gonna put make a place to go um, because I, I read an article, and I think you even mentioned it uh, that you did that. But I read an article explaining how how I use the pins on Google Maps, and went, that's actually a really good idea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was I was inspired as a child because my next door neighbor, who was a eye doctor, they would travel all over the U.S. And then they also traveled all over the world. And as you went down the basement steps, they had this map on the like the wall right in front of you. Like, wow, that's a lot of red pins. They've been all over the place. I, said, I want a map cool. like that. <laughs> now you do. It's in your pocket. I do. <laughs> Minus the sticky pins. And they were those classic little round-headed red pins, too. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's All right. right. I got some answers in my profile from Daniel, right. our Darth Bender from the Dragon Con parade. He says, right. Imager. I went, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. A lot of people use Imager for, especially scaring, scare, uh, sharing screenshots and stuff. <laughs> scaring screenshots. Ah! <laughs> Which yeah. that's, your, your slip up made me remember um, John Bell's episode recently. The one, I won't ruin the punchline, but it's, uh, 
It's a fun twist on words, but like typical John Bell, he takes the whole episode to lead yeah. up to the punchline. Oh no, right. Yeah, the one with yeah. the kitty camper girl out of uh, the mall. Did you hear that one? No, I haven't listened to that. Okay, one. you got to hear it. It's it's okay. a great lead up. It's, it's like actually the whole first half of the show could probably be chopped off. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's all right. No. Alrighty. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I do like how he leads up. He sets, sets up a joke and then gives the punchline at the very end. Or, or sings a song with the lyrics in it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mike Will out. says, Radar Scope. I am not familiar with Radar Scope. Apparently radar he scope. Finds, yep. He finds it very valuable. Uh, Kelly, from one of my old karate buddies, says, Zwift, a fitness app used for treadmill running or indoor bike trainer. I'm addicted. That By the way, matter. radar scope is a specialized uh, utility for weather enthusiasts. Ah, that explains why Mike Wills finds it invaluable. Okay, yes. that's kind of that's pretty cool. Uh, what was that other one? I, weather bug? I th- no, it was a weather bug. It was that was really big on the maps. Um, also, I think it was weather bug. Hmm. Weather underground. Uh, underground weather. There's not much weather uh, underground. Maybe I'm trying to remember now. Weather underground. Careful. That's also a um oh, what was it? An activist groups like the 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 Symbionese Liberation Army <laughs> from, from like the Patty Hearst days. There was a weather underground that was <laughs> but there's oh, also an app by the same name. Like, I was watching a documentary going, oh, really? Same name? Wow, that's kind of weird. Do you know what where, where my mind went when you said that though? We're the people's front for Judea, or the Judea people's front. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with. The... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a, I just watched that uh, not so long ago, and it, that went right in my head. I you said that. That's pretty funny. All right, we will have another question of the week for you at the end of this show, but I want to get into the voicemail. We have one from Crazy Joe, who, not surprisingly, called in with a correction. Because we need those. Good ones morning. Yes. It's Crazy Joe from Crazy Joe Adventures on YouTube. Crazy Joe's concession stand on YouTube, a channel, by the way, that was named by Mr. Craig. Step. Concession stand. Uh, I'm calling right. to correct Chuck on a little error made on the last yep. show. Yep. Dawes Butler, voice actor Dawes Butler. Uh, Chuck uh, mentioned that Dawes Butler was the voice of Woody Woodpecker. No. Um, he was not. I messed up. Uh, Woody Woodpecker has had many voices over the years, including the legendary Mel Blanc, and even mm-hmm. Philip Fry himself, Billy West, was the voice for Woody Woodpecker at one point. But Dawes Butler was never the voice of Woody Woodpecker. Dawes Butler is probably best remembered as the voice of Yogi Bear. Um, all right, mm. guys. Keep wearing those pajamas. Yeah, Billy West did Woody Woodpecker from 99 to 2002. The one I was most familiar with was Grace Stafford, who voiced Woody Woodpecker from 1950 to 1991. Wow. That's a long time. That is a long time. That's uh, about as long as I've been doing programming right now, and I'm ready to quit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dawes Butler well, is actually better known for a lot of his Hanna-Barbera cartoons. He said Yogi Bear. Uh, he's also got... Uh, like Elroy Jetson, mm-hmm. uh, Huckleberry Hound. Was it Huckleberry? Yeah, Huckleberry Hound, uh, mm-hmm. Quick Draw McGraw, just right. bunches of them. So my mistake, yes, I jumped the gun on my cartoon voices. I did not see Mel Blank in Woody Woodpecker. Hold on a sec. 
Uh, he would. You pay. know what? He did every other voice. Yeah, probably. In, in uh, Hollywood. You know, I was voice, I was, voiced uh, by Mel Blanc from 1940 to 41 and 48 to 55. He's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? I was watching, um, I saw that trailer in the theater today for Super Mario Brothers and with Chris Pratt and, you know, every other hot, hot actor in Hollywood now. Mm -hmm. And I kept, I kept thinking about this. Uh, I think it was John Miller Jr. had talked about this one. He actually put together a webpage uh, one time with voice actors and who did what. Kind of like, I was right on the, right before Wikipedia came around, you know, so you could look this stuff up. Anyway, so uh, I'm watching this, um, the trailer, and I'm like, okay, this looks like fun, but why do they always go for... Big Hollywood talent, I guess I'm sure it's marketing, when there's so many good voice actors that may not, you don't have to necessarily know their face, but just know that they're doing do a good job doing these voices. And you Why can get them cheaper. <laughs> yeah, you get them cheaper, and they probably get some better quality. I mean. Well, maybe. I don't know about, you know. They're just well, undiscovered. People do it's, it for a living. I'm it, saying instead of it's the same thing with books. Why do we why do we keep seeing Dan Brown? <laughs> and when there are so many other good books out there, good stories to be told. It's a, it really boils down to marketing agents. I just think it's, yep. I just think think it kind of sucks when there's a lot of good voice actors out there that are not necessarily uh, on camera actors. Right, but they do they'll do a great job. Well, there's also you know, a lot of video game actors uh, voicing that's going on too. That's done by you know, mm-hmm. some professionals, but a lot of a lot of people that's that's their gig is voice acting video games. Right. Well, that's what I was getting at. Why not just hire people that that's their job is voice acting? All right. Let's go on to Mad Marv's comment. Hey, Chuck and Craig, right. this is Mad Marv. Uh, here's a question of the week that I I think I emailed you, but I don't remember hearing it on the show. Not yet. Oh. But uh, this was uh, pretty popular in one of the lit RPG groups on Facebook I'm in. And uh, the way this, this game goes is for you to describe the plot of your favorite book in exactly six words. And since this is Technorama, I guess you could expand that to your favorite TV, movie, or uh, you know, any of the speculative, speculative fiction genres. Podcast. Describe the plot in exactly <laughs> six words. So, for example, a British boy kills creepy, noseless stalker. <laughs> Harry uh, Potter. Pretty easy. It's uh, Harry Potter. Noseless. Uh, here's one I came up with. Um, save the universe. Snap. Unsnap. Snap. And that's uh, Avengers Endgame. Endgame. Uh, here's one last one, and yeah. let's see if you can get it. I'll probably call back uh, another time if you don't, but it should be pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, call us out. Egg hatches, people burst, shit explodes. <laughs> aliens. And that's a sci-fi, sci-fi right. series. Yeah, uh, aliens. guess where that came from. But anyway, yeah. uh, All right. so it was really popular in mid-RPG. Everybody was describing their favorite We could books. do that. I I you hear the crickets that, uh, in the background? To get a few more people yeah. to try this game out. Describe the plot in exactly six words. Uh, talk to you next time. All right. We have a challenge. Are you going to swap out our 
<laughs> you know what? I am. I'm going to change. Swap it out at the end. All right. That's our, that's our question of the week for you. You don't what have to wait until the end of the show. Just grab describe. your favorite book, movie, uh, anything with a plot, really, in, or TV series in six words. Movie, TV, or book in exactly six words. There okay. we go. We have, we have one more. I can't do it. Your telephone service provider is unable to bill you for these calls. Hooray! If you wish to receive these calls, you must contact us at one Blah, 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 Unable to bill you for these calls. Well, whose fault is, whose problem is that? Wait for it. To hear these instructions again, press one. To hear information about how to stop receiving these notifications, press two or call two, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? She's describing something that sounds like a good problem to have. They can't charge me for these calls. Please hang up. How did that end up on our Google Voice? I don't know. I just it was there. So I think somebody forwarded a voicemail or something because it was like, if you want to hear this message in Spanish, press one. Dark press two. Anyway, well, that was fun. Can't charge yeah. for our calls. Yeah, too bad. Too sad. That sounds like spam to me. Hey, and your car warranty is just about to expire. Would you like yeah. to extend oh. it? Yep, hang up. <laughs> Had another one just I'm before a, the show called Potential Spam. I'm going to block this guy, Chuck Tomasi. I should start answering those and just record them. Have some fun with them. Do you still get a lot of calls? I, I get I about get one to two a day for potential spam. Really? Yep. Hmm. I, I It's kind of dropped <laughs> off there for a it's while. It's always right as I'm dozing off for a nap. <laughs> like, oh, crap, forgot to put my phone on do not disturb for an hour. <laughs> I know. The other day I came home, I was, for some reason, I was just exhausted. So I was going to take a little nap. And then everybody decided to call and text. I'm like, dang it, I forgot to mute my phone. <laughs> Well, there are numbers that get through, like you and Donna and whatnot, but uh, I was just dozing off today. Like, oh, just had a big lunch with Donna and lay down 10 minutes into it, and my dad calls. Are we having a Zoom call today? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Last week, you said you were going on the road to go see a, a, a telecast of the New York Met Opera, whatever it was. That was canceled. He said, no, I'm sorry. That must be a misunderstanding. Those are always on Saturdays. I said, we were thinking about it. Like, yep. So we got that all straightened out. I said, yep, yep, yep. yep. Put my pants back on and get into the studio. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your pants. I just put a shirt on. <laughs> That's all you need on the Zoom call, right? Well, yeah, I had to put a shirt on too. I, yeah, I was down to like a t-shirt and the boxers for a nap. So anyway... TMI there. Let's do the... Uh, we're done with the feedback. Thank you, everybody. If you want to be part of our feedback, you can get in touch with us at 707-530-2428. Maybe you can pay our bill for us. Well, we'll get to the patrons in a little bit. Or yeah. send us an email like Mad Marv did, technorama at chuckchat.com. By the way, you can also text to that number. I didn't check to see yeah. if we had any texts, but I didn't see any recently. So give it a shot. 707 hey, Test it for us. There you go. 2428. Test it for us. Still in November. It's still International Technorama Voicemail Month. So 
That's right. Send us a message. Let's do the history thing now. On this day in history, four month Today. day 2022. What is this? <laughs> Chuck, what? Chuck fell down on it. It says month day 2022. Uh, November 23rd. 23rd. Okay, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, it sound, it'll sound awesome. It's the 327th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 38 days remaining in 2022. It was on this date in 1924, just 98 scant years ago, that Edwin Hubble's discovery that the Andromeda Nebula is actually another galaxy far, far outside our own Milky Way. It was first published in the New York Times. All right. It was also on this date in 1963 that the BBC broadcast An Unearthly Child, starring William Hartnell, the first episode of the first story from the first series of the first Doctor Who. With the first Doctor. But they didn't That's know it was right. the first. It's like World War One was just the Great War. That's saying right. World War One would have been optimistic to say, we, we expect another one or two. Yeah, or three. No, I hope not. On uh, November 23rd, oh, 19th. I, <laughs> yes. Oh, I was going to say it's the world's long, longest running science fiction uh, drama. Yes, yes it is. On November 23rd, 1972, the Soviet Union made its final attempt in launching the N1 rocket. Was it a success? Well... It was shot down by the H1N1 virus. <laughs> the pig virus? No, the swine flu. Anyway. Your turn. So, the Geneva Frequency Plan of 1975 went into effect, realigning many of Europe's long-wave and medium-wave broadcasting frequencies on the state in 1978. Fascinating. Yes. Indeed. 31 years ago today, Queen lead singer Freddie Mercury announced in a statement that he uh, he was HIV positive. He died the following day. Ooh, yikes. Really? I thought it was a little bit... I thought there was thought more there was of a, a gap. gap there. But hmm. I thought there was... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought there was a little bit of gap there. Oh, well. Uh, it was 30 years ago today that the first smartphone, the IBM Simon, was introduced at Comdex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Not the game, Simon. Do, 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 do. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not the game, Simon. Yeah, you got to answer the call by uh, pressing the red, red, blue, yellow, red. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wasn't good at texting either. It only had four buttons. It was also on this date in 2001 that the Convention on Cybercrime was signed in Budapest, Hungary. And it was also on this date in 1920, or November 23rd, 19. 19- 15. No, 2015. Uh, see, I'm all, wow. messing me up. Just read you're the words up. that are on the screen, Craig. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so it was November 23rd, 2015. Blue Origins New Shepard space vehicle became the first rocket to successfully fly, the, fly to space and then return to Earth for a controlled vertical landing. Aha, SpaceX wasn't the first. No, but they sure have made their mark. Happy birthday goes out on this date to French astronomer and author Pierre Charles Lemonnier, born on this date in 1715. And English mathematician and author Isaac Todhunter was born 202 years ago today, and all the Todds shuddered because they were being hunted. I was... I get I get the hard names this time. Johannes Diederik van der Waal, Dutch physicist and thermodynamicist. Whew. 
This is a hard one. <laughs> He's also a Nobel Prize laureate. He was born on this date in 1837. And born November 23rd, 1887, English physicist and chemist Henry Mosley. Anne Burns, the British aeronautical engineer and glider pilot, was born on the same date in 1915. Anne born November 23rd, 1924, English-American anthropist and author Colin Turnbull. What's an anthropist, Craig? Anthropologist, excuse me. <laughs> I should know that. That's what Kim went to school for. Oops. It's the abbreviation. There should be a hyphen or apostrophe in there. Also turning 59 today is American businesswoman, president, and chief chief operating officer. Chief. 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 <laughs> well, you're a businesswoman. You're the president and chief operating officer of SpaceX. Oh. Gwyn Shotwell. What an appropriate name for SpaceX. Hey, the shareholders are like, I hope she's cheap. Save some money around here. You should be the CFO. <laughs> Listener birthdays this week include November 25th, Lane Williams. Joni on the 26th, 27th is Brad P. from NJ, but who was born in VA and has moved back there. Yeah. Thanks for the subtitle. And Ben Sweetser on the 28th. Wait a minute. 25, 26, 27, 28. I got a straight. Beat that. <laughs> you sure did. Hey. Happy birthday to all of you. And if it's your birthday this week and you're not on the calendar, well, first, Craig's going to put a banner on the screen. And I'm going to tell you oh, that you can go over to chuckchat.com slash birthday. Get your name on the birthday calendar. And if you're not on the birthday calendar and it's your birthday, we wish you a happy birthday anyway. All the best. We're going into the Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. I know Canadians yep. had their Thanksgiving a little while ago. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And we wish you all the best. Happy birthday. I think the music is just about to end. We can celebrate all right. with a turkey leg. Yes? A couple of turkeys. There right we here. are. Let's just absorb the fanfare. That's the way it was on this day, November 23rd, 2022. Da, 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 da. Struggling to spell November. <laughs> I was going to see if uh, the N1 rocket was successful, but uh, on a, this art Wikipedia article is pretty in-depth. I'll have to look at it later. We have some comments. Are you watching the comments? I was not watching the comments. Yeah. Mike Robinson says, I thought they could fly. Thanks, Les Nessman. <laughs> yes, Classic Thanksgiving humor. All right, we have some news, and hot off the press, just moments Good before... startling news, everyone! Moments I'm before startled. the show started, I found mm -hmm. I was sent an alert from CNN, who just posted an article on their site. It says, where did Earth's water come from? This meteorite might hold the answer. Now, the theory has been that meteorites, comets, smashing into the Earth a long, long time ago brought forth mm -hmm. most of the water to the Earth. Well, this one that landed in... Oh, I don't know if I can say this right, but Winchcombe Gloucester, I think. <laughs> you know, those British pronunciations, they're all over the place. They miss letters. Right. Anyway, uh, it landed, and within 12 hours, the uh, U.S. Geological, no, the, the National History Museum, somebody snapped it up and said, great, now we can prove it. They like their fresh meteorites. Because if it sits out in the elements, then they really can't prove anything. Like, hey, yeah, did the water come from Earth? Uh, or did they... You know, it, it, so they snapped this one up really quickly. It's about the size of a basketball, and they're really lucky. Because if it had come in at a different angle, it could have just totally burned up. 
So yeah. they found this one, they snapped it up, and they said it's uh, what 11% water. Like, wow, you can practically wring this thing out like a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> they started going, you know, trying to squeeze some water out of it. And 2% carbon by weight, making the first of its kind found in the UK. So they call it a carbonaceous chondrite, which is a type of stony meteorite that contains a high composition of components that predate the solar system. They've got a chunk of it, you know, held between the science forefinger and thumb. And yeah. it you know, looks like a piece of charcoal. But uh, yeah, the key to, key to making sure it's not contaminated by Earth's atmosphere, Earth's rain, the elements and whatnot is to snap them up and test them quickly. It currently <laughs> resides in the British National History Museum. Natural History Museum in London, and it's on display. So if you want to go see the actual one that was found that uh, says, hey, this is kind of starting to prove out the theory that, you know, you get enough of these things running into the earth and we could have some water. I, I could get this vision of before they actually found the meteorite, a dog walked up, sniffed it, peed on it, and, and they go, oh, it's got water in it. Highly you know? acidic, too. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why. Funny, they... Matt, it's the uh, the earliest uh, example of urine in the from the universe. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry, I'm just yeah. It's one of those days. Well, the creator had to go somewhere. <laughs> All right. In other bad news, to go yes. with our bad humor, uh, legendary computer scientist Fred Brooks passed away this past week, November seventeenth. And he's probably best known for his book, The Mythical Man Month. This article was written by Stephen Bellavin, who is a professor of computer science at Columbia University and one of his students for a long time. Uh, he was uh, he was born, what, April of 1931. So this guy was over 90 years old. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And still going. He was involved huh. with some of the early IBM works. He spent most of his career at IBM is the way I understood this and read it. Uh, you know, with the ill-fated IBM 7030 and the 8000 series, the 7094, uh, but really had some impact on the system 360, the, the S360 and particularly the OS 360. He's one of the guys that gave us like the eight bit byte and the 32 bit word. Yeah. Word, man. Because uh, yeah, up until then, we just did that uh, story, what was it, last week about the computer that had like a 9-bit word or a 15-bit. Yeah, it was, real, it was odd. Something we had no, we don't normally Nobody say. really standardized on those things back then. Yeah. So very cool stuff. You know, great mm -hmm. article if you want to read through some of his history. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, nice write-up by Colin. Or Stephen, excuse me, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, so, sad to see some of these legends go. Would have been nice to talk to him on Technorama, I guess. I know. Man, I think it's time to dig up some people for interviews. Don't say dig him up. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about him specifically. Don't it's, it's go figure digging up some of these dead legends. Contact. How about that? We'll have to yeah, reach so out and contact. There, is that better? Sure. Okay. We'll just have to see, you know, like, uh, I think we also lost the, was it the guy who invented email? 
or sent the first email, something like that. Oh, that I don't know. So we? yeah, some of these people that are kind of unrecognized and under the radar are, are disappearing. I could be right. wrong about that one. It might be somebody else. All right. You no, know, I was talking. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were they were talking about how they still use send mail, and I was like, you know, it's pretty. And I started thinking immediately how old send mail is, and how useful it still is. I hated the sendmail.cf file with a oh, passion. I, Worse than I, I hate CSS. I <laughs> no, I, I, the app, yes, is great. But the, uh, yeah, the config file is a nightmare. Yeah, especially if you had, oh, we just made an acquisition and we'd like all the email from this domain to go to our domain, but show up like this and make sure you, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Yep. Nasty thing. All right. We also have another article from fizz.org about uh, researchers discovering a common fungus and how it can remove toxic mercury from soil and water. That'd be awesome because, you know, we have a lot of the e-waste. Yep. yep. So, yeah, well, not just e-waste, but like mining operations. Oh, yeah. like, well, going yeah. back to like, People Machinery. panning for gold in the 1800s were just, you know, all, or or even the, the there's even, still people that are what was it, uh, Colombia, Venezuela, whatever it was, where they're uh, they're mining for gold, and they're still using mercury. It's like this guy's got his leg in a barrel, stirring up the mercury. To, <laughs> it it's really kind of scary stuff. It, this is happening oh, today, so people can get just a few little grams right. of gold, and then you know, they're not getting a whole bunch of money for that it works its way through the 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 chain of command right <laughs> and you know some of the jewelry you might be wearing cost somebody a leg literally <laughs> <laughs> anyway back getting back to our article this was discovered mm-hmm. at the university of maryland they found that a fungus called metarhizium robertsii removes mercury from the soil and plant roots what they did is they put some of this fungus into the soil and then they planted like corn. And they went, yep. hey, the corn grows, the food is edible, the mercury is broken down into less toxic version of it, and away we go. And they said, well, wait a minute. What it, they they kind of accidentally discovered this. They knew about this fungus because it was growing in mercury contaminated places. It was like the only thing growing, but they didn't know right. it was actually working to break this stuff down. So they said, right. what if, and they put two and two together and they got this. Of course, being scientists, you got to prove a whole bunch of other stuff. So they, they isolated a couple of genes and they said, what if we took those genes out of this fungus and put him in this other fungus? And then that fungus started to work just like the, the metarhizium. Right. And they went, okay, well, that's cool. And the, the, the fungus that they took the genes out of didn't work anymore. So they went, that's pretty conclusive. That's down to these two genes, which is kind of cool. You know what? I'm smelling uh, a plot device for Star Trek Discovery next season. More fungus? We already did <laughs> yeah. the. We already did the mycelial network. I know. <laughs> look, this mycelial network also cures foot fungus. No. Yeah, it breaks that down too. <laughs> I wound up between Tilly's toes. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. So cool stuff from the science department on a couple of different articles. And let's go to the Hacks and Strange Stories. This is an interesting story. Hey, by the way, I thought this, at first, when I read this, I thought it was something from The Onion. 
It does sound kind of super unbelievable. It's a story about, uh, oh, I'm going to miss his name. What was his name? Uh, Blake Martinez. He was a Green Bay Packer for like four years. I remember him playing not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went to the Packers, played for four years. He went to, was it the Jets? Anyway, he played some football in uh, the Giants. Had an ACL injury, and then he went to the Vegas Raiders. Where, but he still, during COVID, he reignited his passion for looking for uh, Pokemon cards. He's, right. he's a Pokemon card collector. And he found a very rare one and sold it for over $650,000. He said, well, that's enough for me. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> I'm done. He d- he's 28 years old. And he said, I don't have to play football anymore. Apparently you can make more doing the uh, card collecting and trading and selling, then he can playing football and he's not going to end up with a concussion going to the uh, card store. Well, unless he gets excited and hits his head on something, you know, falling. I don't know. It's true passion and good source of income for him. So good on him. You know what? Harrison has, he has been playing magic for a long time. Yeah. And he's got a lot of cards and I think he's actually got some, that are also very much worth something uh, like this. And it's kind of amazing that these cards will go for 650. I don't know who would drop that kind of money on it, but um, I certainly wouldn't consider it. Would it's you? All, no, it's it's all in the what the buyer believes is the value. I know. I understand that. I'm just like, it's just hard to believe, uh, think of spending that kind of money on anything other than, some real property like a house or something with a title. <laughs> so get this. He sold it for $672,000. Mm-hmm. It's graded as a 9.5 out of 10. They call it gem mint quality. There was another one that sold for 5 million because that was a 10 in perfect quality. Yeah. Like, oh. That's the one that it says here in the article that Logan Paul actually wore it around his neck. During the WrestleMania. Mm. I wouldn't wear something worth $5 million anywhere. I'd have it locked up. <laughs> yeah. I nobody could see it. WrestleMania ever. and somebody goes and spills their beer on you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, no. Yeah. What you do is you take it, put, put a punch hole on it, and then you can hang it around your neck with a piece of yarn. Yeah. That's not <laughs> worth $5 million anymore when you punch a hole in it. <laughs> Right. Uh, hey, that's what, uh, that that's, reminds me of the movie, not the jerk, uh, Brewster's Millions. Yeah. He had to, he had to buy the, or spend a, the money. A, a rare stamp and then st- mails it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, great way to get rid of money. That was a fun movie. Actually, I remember he, uh, was, he was trying to, uh, Spin out money and he ended up making money. Well, was it like, was oh, here. He couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, it was the, the, the deal was this rich guy. To, it was Richard Pryor was playing the part of the, of Brewster. And I forget who played the rich guy, but he said, if you, I'm going to give you like $3 million. You can't, uh, you, 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 you like literally had to spend it on stuff and end up with nothing at the end. And if you can do that, I will then give you 300 million, but you can't tell yeah. anybody. 
So he's looking for these creative ways to buy things, but you can't just like, I'll oh, go buy a television and destroy it. Because if you've yeah. got the television, then you've got the television, you're still with it. So I thought that that example about the stamp was creative because as soon as it got canceled by going through the mail, it was devalued. It was worth nothing. So yeah. that was like, that would be really hard to do. I'll have to I go back and watch that. The again. people that were with him thought he was crazy. What? Why do you want to lose money? You right. Know? <laughs> and they're trying yeah. to stop him. Are you insane? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have another one about truly insane. I'm not sure I'd go buy this either. This is a... I bet you uh, can buy these at Dragon Con. Uh, when, when you play D&D games or any game of chance that involves dice, inevitably you're going to blame the dice when things go wrong, right? It's just, it's just a fact. I never. And if you roll... You hear that dice? I never blame you. If you roll the digital dice... <laughs> Then you you know, you're blaming oh the algorithm because it's not pure truly random. So this couple of guys they were uh, at Hackaday they were inspired by a counter that used cosmic rays not raising things cosmic rays. <laughs> I saw that coming. That uh, that uh, used to seed the random number generator. But they said they're so rare, you really don't get that true frequency you need to be random. So what they did is they went and got a radioactive isotope of uranium embedded in, what was it, autolite, automite? And I got to find it. Auto, ah, did I just close the wrong tab? Autonite, A-U-T-U-N-I-T-E. How come I can't find the word auto in here? How's it A-U-T-U. A-U-T-U. They obtained a sample of autonite, okay. a weird-looking phosphate yep. mineral that contains a decent amount of uranium. Yes. Perfect for stimulating the Geiger counter built into the dice roller. And it also has the advantage of glowing green when you hit UV light on it. So they made this little cabinet that almost looks like one of those old pocket arcades. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah, said, it does. You, yeah. set, you set the type of dice you want, a D2, D20, D you know, D10 on the right-hand side and how many of those you want to roll on the left-hand side. And you you can watch the little analog meter hit the big red button and the three-digit seven-segment display will tell on the top what the total was. So if you say, I want six D20s, it'll roll them and it'll tell you what the outcome of six D20s is. And on the bottom, there's an LCD a backlit that mm-hmm. tells you, you know, I got a, I got an 18, a four, a five, and it reads yeah, yeah. out how many of these you actually got. So I mean, it's kind of cool from the perspective. They also, uh, they watched the video and they said, we made this out of thin MDF, the, the, you know, the fiberboard stuff. Yes. They yeah. said, originally we were going to do, what was it? Um, lead? No, plastic or something. And they said, but the laser cutter when you cut this material, it gave off uh, cyanide gas, which also had, the, not only is it dangerous to humans, but it was dangerous to the equipment itself is that it would, it would like get all gunked up in the laser itself. <laughs> like, oh, that's no what? good. <laughs> it's like, don't mess with cyanide okay. kids. <laughs> no, why would they, I didn't make, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I have to go watch that yeah. video. So the MDF was, you know, much better. You just smelled burning wood while the laser cutter was doing its job. Well, when you're using a laser cutter, you're supposed to have some kind of venting fan. So why would it be a problem? Just Where are you going to vent your cyanide? Out the window. 
Yeah, that's great. People walking by. <laughs> yeah. Never mind that. Uh, screw those people. I don't care. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I don't know. Um, I don't know that I would want one of these anyway. Knowing, I, I, I'm sure it's just like trace amounts of uranium. It's not like they're carrying around. Yeah, it's like, full it's like wearing on. one of those watches that has the, uh, you know, the radium on it. Yeah, you know, so you can see in the dark, glow in the dark. I don't have one of those either. <laughs> I think they were banned. The, the, were the, they? The video <laughs> itself... Yeah, the, the the younger kid, you can tell he's reading and he's not an accomplished you know, actor. Right. You can see his eyes going back and forth. And we built this in six weeks. Here's the video showing our montage yeah. of the build. Here's the riveting video. <laughs> I am very excited to be here. Uh, very cool stuff. I mean, there's an Arduino inside. Uh, I'm, uh, that's, that's about the only downfall of this whole project was the presentation at the end. Okay. Well, I. Other than that, pretty darn cool. I've got a uh, build out of my own that I need to work on, because I'm making a ServiceNow version of Family Feud, the game show. But I yes. need the button smacker, where people are up there one on one, and they're trying to guess. Well, the I thought best you already answer. solved that problem. No. It has to light up and make the noise too. What was the thing that you bought for the Jeopardy? That was something I got off of, um, it was for kids games that Stacy Bailey yeah. pointed me to, but it's, the problem is, uh, you probably saw it in Jeopardy, is people would push the button, but if they didn't push it just right, it wouldn't register. Uh, and yeah, well, when you clear yeah. the results, if the idiot me is pressing the wrong button or holds it too long, it starts going into this disco dance reset mode and it just throws the whole pace oh, of the game off. say the Jeopardy would have been much more fun with that. The Jeopardy was a lot of fun with that <laughs> in New York yeah. and San Diego uh, in no, Sydney. Was, I had a good time playing that. It was good. So, I'm just kidding. It was good. You were kidding that you had a good time? Yes. No. <laughs> no, it was fun playing Jeopardy. Okay, let's give a shout out to the chat room. Especially, I think we, we already we, did, but. Especially when we put in numbers and something else, a symbol, and it said N-A-N. <laughs> Nan. All right, we are running really long. We still got to do a lot of stuff, and we we're oh, 45 okay. minutes in this show. So apologies all right. already for our chit-chat. Quick shout-out to the chat room. We did see uh, Mike Robison and uh, some other people were in there, but they just didn't say hi. I saw the hot counter going up. But if you want to be part of this, fine, and chat with us on a Sunday night. Sundays at 9.30 Eastern time. You can find us on Facebook or YouTube. Just look for Technorama Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. Yes, please do. Which walks us right into the patron. Yay! Because our bill for StreamYard is coming due at the end of the month. Ah, we yeah. gave our donation to Wikimedia, Wikipedia people for their help because they do the history thing every week. Thank you. Thank you very much to our patrons, Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman. Thank you, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dandyman Coyer. Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Jorga Schrawen, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Mike Wills, Paul Mackey, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Therian, Steve Cody, Steve London, who got his shirt, and Tim Cook. I didn't hear if Avner got his. I'll have to check. So, thank you very much. If you want to be part of this fun, possibly get a shirt next year. Go over to patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. Or at the very least, uh, postcard. That's true. 
for a little as a dollar a show, you don't only get a postcard. And what else? I thought we and had a, something else. And a hearty thanks from us. And a, your shout out on every show. And we also do another show we record right after this one. It's kind of our mm-hmm. backstage stuff. That's what you're thinking of. The and extra. I, I thought we sent something else out. I can't remember. All right. Let's end the music. Woo! Oh, the Vader's jamming there. <laughs> on a, on a little, <laughs> on a little the guitar. <laughs> on drums. <laughs> Padme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Give a huge shout out to our keyboardist. <laughs> Oh, boy. Alrighty. Hey, pass me the remote, will you? Here, here you go. You always do that the wrong way. Is that not... You just dumped it out the window again. I don't know. I'm backwards or something. I don't know. No. Yeah, you're backwards, all right. All right, we got a whole bunch on here, so let's go back and forth. You give a start. All right, so uh, fresh off the presses was... Chris, a Christmas Story Christmas, a what? which is a direct sequel from A Christmas Story. Wait, and, what year does this take place? Uh, 1974. So, Ralphie Peter is, a, is he grown Ralphie up now? Has, he's grown up and uh, has this movie has all of the original ch- kid uh, uh, cast and other and other people that show up. Um, anyway, so Ralphie's grown up. He's got a family of his own. He's an aspiring writer. And he goes home for holidays and it gets put on to him to make it the best Christmas that, uh, you know, we've had in a long time. So he feels a little bit of pressure anyway. So I'm not going to give any more away because it is a fresh movie and there is some more stuff to that, but it's, it was good. Uh, I wouldn't say as it's as classic as the original Mm -hmm. film, but I will say that, uh, I enjoyed it enough. I thought it was really good, you know, for what it was. Time. All right. I watched one on yeah. Netflix series of four episodes, probably could have been two, like most Netflix series, called Hey Pepsi, <laughs> right. Where's My Jet? Oh, you know what? I started watching that just the other night. I watched the first episode. It's about uh, Pepsi. They ran a contest called you know, Drink Pepsi, Get Stuff back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. You could earn points. And one of their commercials, like, was very, it said, you know, Get glasses for 170, yeah. 175 points. You can earn this leather jacket for whatever, you know, 2,000 points. And then at the end, they have this kid landing in the schoolyard in a Harrier jet. And it says, <laughs> Harrier jet, 7 million points. And there was no small print, no disclaimer. And this kid said, wait a minute, I'm going to go for that. And he came up with a business plan of how to do it. And it came up to like $4.3 million. And he had a rich friend who was you know saying hey you got to have a business plan tell me what you're going to do and what you're going to do with the jet and how you're going to get it and he was talking about warehouses and buying all this stuff then he noticed in the catalog because there was a catalog of jackets and sunglasses and whatnot that well the jet wasn't in there but he said you could buy pepsi points for like 10 cents a point which brought his whole thing down to seven hundred thousand dollars like you can Uh get a Harrier jet, which is between thirty and thirty-two million dollars, for seven hundred thousand. And of course, mm. they sent in the check, and Pepsi said, um, "You know, thanks, thanks but uh, you know, it was kind yeah. of a joke. For your troubles, here's coupons for two cases of Pepsi." 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, that's where the legal battle began. And it gets into that. So I'm not going to spoil it how it won. I know, but you know what? I kept, I keep, my whole time I was, I'm looking at that. I, I remember the commercial because I remember thinking, oh, that's funny. Who's going to get 7 million points? But how can that be an implied contract? You know, that's. It, 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 it is. No, because they are saying for this many points, you get this prize. For this many points, you get this prize. And then at the end, for this many points, you get this prize. There was nothing saying it's a joke or anything. They later modified the commercial to do that and jacked yeah. it up to 700 million points. But I'm surprised they just didn't pull the commercial all together after that. Too late. It was out. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Part of my common sense, I feel like that's not an implied contract. I mean, that's not a contract. That's not a, I, you know, it's not a, it's not like, here, Charles, and you made you know, a sign pub- this paper. And by the way, at the bottom, doesn't have to be. Yeah. If you're making it to the public, you're saying, hey, you, if, if you advertise it to the public that I'm way, I'm sure. I'm sure my opinion does not sync with the law, but it just didn't sound right. It was you know a it was a hard lesson for Pepsi. <laughs> I'll just say. Uh-huh. Anyway, what mm-hmm. else have you watched? All right, so uh, this is a little bit of an older movie. I watched, or I say a little bit older, but it's Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks. Yes, where he's he is Captain Phillips, and he's on the um, uh, the Mazarus, uh ship, and they're going around the Horn of Africa. Anyway, they go by Somalia and they get boarded. Yep. And by pirates. Uh, I thought that was a riveting story when it happened. And it, I have to say the movie was also very riveting. It was, a, uh, it had my attention the whole time. It was very good. I've heard good things about it. I think I watched bits and pieces of it, but I haven't watched the whole thing all the way through. Yeah. And I do not know his name, but the guy that played, um, the guy that you see, you see him talking to Tom Hanks saying, I am the captain. This right. is my ship. I'm the captain. No. He actually did a great job too. Um, so yeah, all around, uh, it was a good movie. All right. I also watched one called on Netflix, a series of eight shows. I think it was ancient apocalypse. A gentleman by the name of Graham is it Hamilton. I got to remember his last name. Can't remember his last name at the moment. He's, uh, not an archeologist. He's uh, a journalist. He goes out and fact finds and fact checks, and he's challenging a lot of the archaeologists on some of these sites, saying you're you're, you're dismissing a lot of evidence that say says these are a lot older than they actually are. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of which are indicating either the end of the last ice age or even older, like into the last ice age. Oh um, wow! Yeah, it's a, uh, you know here look here's a road that goes off into the ocean. You can see the cart ruts on this thing. Why would anybody drive their cart into the ocean so many times it made ruts in the rock? <laughs> it's like, well, clearly this was made when the oceans were lower during the last ice age. But right. nope, you're saying this is from like a thousand AD. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he's challenging these and it all comes together with a a theory at the end. I don't know if you've ever heard of a period called the Younger Dryas. No. Okay, so as the Ice Age was, we're starting to warm up from the last Ice Age about 10,000 years ago. Right. We were whipped back into a cold snap. And it wasn't just a cold snap. There were like fires and volcanoes and all kinds of things going on. It was like a a mini destruction period. And a lot of humanity got wiped out. Uh, And there's, there's evidence that says this is from 
uh, a meteor strike, but not just one meteor. It was kind of like Shoemaker Levy 9, only on right. steroids. There were a lot of them that hit over like a two-week period. And okay. down in Mexico, you can see that what they call this, uh, like kind of like the KT layer where the, you know, you could see the period where there were dinosaurs and then suddenly there's yeah. this layer and then there weren't dinosaurs. Yeah, well, right. that was 65, 66 million years ago. This was 12,000 years ago. So they said, well, this is similar, but on a smaller scale. And, and they said, this is likely due to a lot of the stories about flooding. Hmm, a mm -hmm. lot of stories about flooding because yep. as these, uh, meteors are impacting towards the end of the last ice age they're going to melt a lot of ice when they smash into the the, the ice that's still there uh you know, covering north america uh so there were there were a lot of myths mixed in with a lot of facts uh it, but he he was he was pointing to some pretty substantial facts and, and putting a lot of archaeologists who are naysayers in kind of in a bad light it's like wait you're scientists. You should be open to new opinions and new hypotheses. Yeah. You know, why? Either prove them or disprove them. Yeah. But it's like they were, st they were stuck in rock, so to speak. <laughs> right. Stuck in the rock. Their, their theories were written in stone. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. It took, took this journey a, a bit of a way to get there, but some fascinating, fascinating sites that, uh, you know, some of it was open to interpretation, like, hey, this is the pyramid of whatever it is in Mexico, and here's Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent, and here's the story of how he got into that, which we'll get into that in just a little bit. So yeah. what else, what's your third one? Um, I watched, um, I finally got around to watching Nope tonight, a movie from Jordan Peele, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, there's these guys, these, this family has um, a horse ranch, and they... Uh, traditionally have been doing, uh, using the horses for movies and stuff. And, uh, anyway, so they noticed that something was weird going on at their ranch. Some of their horses were going missing and so on and so forth. Anyway, it kind of, I don't want to give it too much away if you haven't seen it, but I thought it was a really good story. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Um, I've certainly enjoyed it as part of, uh, if you've seen, um, uh, Get Out and Us, these are loosely connected to each other okay. uh, from Jordan Peele. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It had a, uh, it was interesting uh, unfolding of the story. So I totally recommend that as well. It's on Peacock. Very nice. Uh, at least it's on, uh, let's see, <clears throat> you can rent it anywhere, but yeah, it's on Peacock right now. And For we free. both watched, apparently, in the last week, Yeah, uh, Wakanda Forever, the latest yes. Marvel movie. Uh, no Chadwick Boseman. He no. obviously Well, passed. he was there. Yeah, he was, he was yeah, they had, they had a bit of a montage. He was represented, yeah. 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 That's right. So there was a montage with him, but uh, mm -hmm. we're not going to spoil it. I just want to know what you thought of the movie, because I've heard all kinds of mixed reviews on this thing. Uh, I enjoyed it because I thought it was a, good, a great departure from a lot of the formula that Marvel had been having for previous movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that some of the fight scenes, like the the big one of the bridge at the beginning, mm -hmm. was actually silent. There wasn't music behind it to amp it up. You could hear them hitting each other in their fight. You hear those kind of things, but it was silent and there wasn't any music. And they did that a lot in this film. It was more, I don't know, it just seemed to 
it's hard to explain it. It just seemed like it's a different tone. And I think uh, that first one at the you're talking about on the boat, on the research boat. When they were on the bridge and they were trying to um protect the uh Riri and um Shuri the beginning. There's a fight on the bridge. The Pony bridge. Opening, Pony bridge. The, the beginning was when they were underwater looking they had the research boat and they lowered down the divers. That's the beginning. Yeah, no, there was a fight on the bri- on a bridge. Okay. Remember I'm when to the picture that. They I, had the car, they were trying to get away from the FBI or the feds. They had the car, they had the motorcycle. Anyway. Okay. I so anyway. I, I thought this new series of Marvel movies mm-hmm. uh seems to be they're they're the you know the young smart girl from MIT is sort of the new Iron Man. It's like, oh, yes. man. they they keep like having these mm-hmm. female superheroes in some cases as afterthoughts. <laughs> like, well, I'll tell you that no, well, she is an established character in the comics. However, she's new to the MCU. Yeah. The thing is, even Harrison said this. Uh, we we saw it today. He said that um, it seemed like they kind of just shoehorned her in. That yeah. there what there wasn't enough for us to be invested in her. You know, I said, well, actually, if you took her out of the story, made a couple of tweaks, you'd have the same story. Mm-hmm. So she's getting her own Disney Plus series. So that's why they shoot her in now. So oh yeah, you got to introduce her somewhere. Yeah, you. I also her. thought her her suit. <laughs> he, he, I can just see this conversation between uh, the animators and the producers or directors going. I want to look like Iron Man, but not like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah so they similar. put, you know, kind of, uh, you know, Gundam Pokemon shoulder pads on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. that was, that was a little on the sad side. We could have well, got a little yeah. more original on that. So I, yeah. you know, the, the movie overall was good. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, it was interesting from the standpoint of the, the antagonist, we'll call him. Uh, he kind of reminded me of somebody we we met on our honeymoon back in '88, wearing those same green shorts. They walk out of the ocean <laughs> every day. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, pretty yeah. much every day. This guy yeah. on those same green shorts. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was maybe a little far fetched on his backstory. Uh, oh, but you know, it's it's a movie. It's Marvel. So sit yeah. back and relax. It's just I thought he was I thought he was fine. And the only thing I wish is that it seemed like they were too too much butting heads. I would have liked to have seen one of uh one of them, Shuri or him, work trying to work a little harder at convincing the other one that they need to work together rather than uh beating each other up. That's the only thing I thought probably needed a little more you know, off center kind of something to, hmm. for them to work together anyway. But yes, I, overall, I thought it was a good movie. Well done. And that, the, at the beginning, you know, the Marvel logo as it comes in, since yeah. Marvel studios, yeah. usually they have the Avengers and you see them on the lettering mm-hmm. and it was all Chadwick Boseman. I think yep. they did that that well. And it was all silent. That again, that was silent too. It came in. Right. Really cool. All right. Well, we ran a little bit late on this one but appreciate right. you sticking around anyway. 
podcast. Well, you can skip this next article. Yeah, we've gonna... got an article in the Geek Library about artificial neural networks and how it's good for them to take a nap every once in a while, <laughs> like we do. I was going to say, I've been experiencing that. <laughs> yep. And uh, we also have our question of the week. Don't forget, this came from Kyle earlier in the show. Describe your favorite movie, TV, or book in exactly six words. We're going to let you know what we get back. Uh, are we doing a show next week I'm hoping for that movie, TV, or book would be is not too broad. No. So we can't figure it out. Are we doing a show next week, Craig? No, we are not. I won't be around. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask. So we're taking yeah. our Thanksgiving weekend off, and we will yep. talk to you again when we get back in early December. That's right. So thank you very much, Craig. Thanks for helping thank out. You, Let's play some of that music while we roll the credits. Thank you, everybody, for the patron support. You can get in touch with us. Or if you want to be a patron, don't forget, chuckchat.com. No, patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, look for Technorama Podcast. We've got a phone number, 707-530-2428. It's still, you, know, you can you leave your voicemail here. We'll play it in December. We really will. Or you can leave a voicemail or text us. Anytime, 707-530-CHAT. Or email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear from you. Find us anywhere on the internet, Technorama Podcast. If you just served your Technorama, you're still likely to get the uh, Swiss Science Institute just outside yeah. of Zurich. So right. we don't want to confuse you. We need a partnership with them. <laughs> Till next time, <laughs> tell a friend about Technorama and Craig, give us a binary high five. All right, 101. Bye, everybody. Thank you. See ya.